Good afternoon, this is Quintus Curtius. Welcome back to the podcast here at Fortress of the Mind. And in this podcast, we're going to talk about delivering a rebuke and having fun. Now, when I say delivering a rebuke, what I mean by that is a situation where you scold somebody in a good way to correct them in some deficiency that they may be doing or making or or having. Rebuking someone, setting someone back on the correct road in a sharp, controlled, uh, coherent way. And sometimes it's necessary to rebuke people. And it, it it's not meant to be a hostile thing or a uh, offensive thing or a rude thing. But sometimes you have to be quick and sharp and acute in your observations. And that really is one of the major, I think, struggles of, of leadership and human relations is the ability to know what method to use in what situation. The ability to know how to modulate your style and how to shape your responses to a situation depending on who you're dealing with because you can't really deal with everyone in the same way. You can't really deal with everyone in the same way. You can't treat certain people one way and then treat certain people uh, you know, uh, another way without really taking into account all of their personality traits and differences and, and things like that. And that's that's really where the skill part comes in. Because some people you have to use a bludgeon. Some people you have to use kid gloves. Some people you have to use the soft touch. Some people you have to use the strong touch. Some people you need to give a kick in the ass. Some people you need to gently prod Everyone is different. And this really, I think, as I said, is, is where the challenge of, of management and, and leadership really comes into effect, is knowing how to use different methods and techniques in different situations. And I was reminded of that recently. Uh, in this, this, I've got a book that I read that I got some weeks ago, and I've, I read it off and on here, keep it by the, the nightstand. And it's a very, very good book. It's called Holy Men of Mount Athos. And I've done a couple uh, articles on uh, some of the information I found in here on my site, qcurtius.com. I did a couple articles on one of the monks, uh, Euthymios, and I did one recently on uh, Anastasios. And look, it doesn't matter whether whether you're you whether you have religious interests or not. That's not the issue here. What I really read these stories for, what I like about them, frankly, is the fact that you can learn so much just from how these holy men uh, interacted with people. They didn't get to be influential by not understanding human nature, and so even though these guys are part of a world that is alien to me. Because I'm not, I'm not a religious uh, figure. I'm not a monk. I'm not. I have no uh, religious, uh, uh, you know, um, you know, involvement at the same level that these uh, these people, these guys did. You can still learn a lot from them. You can still learn a lot just from seeing how they behaved, how they dealt with problems, 
And it's, there's something very soothing about it. I don't know. I just find it. I, I like to read these old stories about about um, these old uh, these old medieval uh, religious figures. This and this uh, this volume is published as part of a series. It's called the Dumbarton Oaks Medieval Library. I guess it's a, a Harvard University series of medieval works, medieval literature. Very nice stuff. It has the original text on one side of the page, and then the English translation on on the other. These are Greek. These these um, these accounts here in this book were originally biographical accounts of different holy men of Athos, written in Greek, a language that I do that I am not familiar with. Um, I mean, I can I know the alphabet and I can sound out words, but I don't know the meaning of the. I I, I have never studied the language. But uh, in any case, there's a story in here that illustrates what I was talking about, about the uh, the need to deliver a rebuke, how to deliver a rebuke in a good way, in a, in a positive way. And this is a story that's a little bit humorous, depending on your perspective. And what I can do is I can read. I think the best thing for me to do is to read this story to you, and you can draw your own conclusions from it. And then after that, we'll also talk about the need for fun. The need to have fun, because life is not all about training and rebukes and uh, brutal uh, uh, fighting and, and discipline. Although, although those things are central aspects of, of life, as you, as you know, as I've said many times and talked about many times, it's also good to have fun. And we can't really exist in this world without really having some good cheer. And I really want you guys to... Uh, or anyone listening to this podcast to understand that, look, it's not all about bitterness and suffering and struggle. You've got to have fun. Okay, now that that doesn't mean I'm going and acting like a jerk off or acting like a fool or an idiot and creating problems for yourself. I'm talking about fun that is not self-destructive. Okay, I should go without saying, but I suppose I have to say it because what people do is they always... They, they always, they always take things too far. All right, so I'm going to read this, and this this is a translation here by, looks like it was done by Alice Mary Talbot, and I'm reading right from, reading right from the book here. So let me go ahead and read this short anecdote which illustrates the importance of delivering a rebuke, and I'm going to um, not read it word for word here. There there are certain sentences that I'm going to edit for clarity or to just uh, uh, kind of uh, truncate here as I need to. All right, he says, another monk who was under the authority, just just before I I should say, this is referring, the the father referred to is uh, Athanasios. Athanasios of Athos is his name. One of the most famous men of uh, Mount, Mount Athos. A famous, very, very famous uh, Greek monastery, Orthodox Greek monastery. He says, Another monk who was under the authority of this great father suffered from an awful and unspeakable affliction. For while he slept, his urine would flow without his realizing it. He did not know what to do. For what made the affliction completely unbearable was that he could not tell anyone, but was ashamed to admit to his incontinence. 
After he suffered a great deal and came up with every kind of idea and device, for he was one of the great ascetics and spiritual combatants, and did not find any relief from his affliction, finally he decided to hang himself and to commit suicide. But the goodness of God did not disregard the prayers of his servant, which he made on behalf of his flock, for it touched the monk's mind imperceptibly and instilled good sense and understanding in him. Thus, taking courage, the monk revealed his rash plan to the father and showed him the noose. And Athanasios, taken by surprise, asked the reason. This monk, in his shame, still trying to... uh, conceal his affliction, said that the reason for such a wicked plan was simply despondency and demonic depression. But the father persisted in his questioning, asking, Is this really the reason, my child? Is there not another reason? The father kept pressing him in this way, but the monk steadfastly denied it. Athanasios would not even would not leave him in peace, however, but continued seeking the cause for his depression. At last, finally, the monk, stricken with contrition and with a deep sigh, revealed to him the secret of his affliction. And the father, looking fiercely at him, said, You dimwit! For this was one of his customary retorts. Why didn't you tell me this long ago? Go away, and don't ever do this, don't ever dare to do this again. The the rebuke was immediately effective, And God's grace followed upon the Father's words. And that is the end of that anecdote. That is the anecdote which illustrates Athanasios' delivering a rebuke to one of his monkish brethren. And you can see how, instead of getting involved in a long, convoluted, oh, what's going on in your mind? What are you thinking about? How can we parse out this problem my son, how can we uh, analyze this? What, everything that a modern practitioner might do. Athanasios just said, you dunce, you dimwit. That's a stupid thing. Don't ever do that again. Don't ever come back to me again with some this, this kind of nonsense. And it worked. And you know, sometimes, I think the lesson here is that sometimes that's all people really want to hear. That's all they really need to hear. They just want someone to smack them in the face metaphorically speaking, and to set them back on their path. Set them back on their path. People are stronger than you think, generally. But sometimes they just need a little guide. They need a little bit of a pointer in the right direction. They just need a little bit of help. And that's why I think there's real wisdom in this anecdote, even though it's somewhat funny. You know, you have a monk who is uh, basically suffering from incontinence and uh, maybe there was some sort of bedwetting issues or maybe a bladder problem or some sort of uh, uh, urinary tract problem, something going on. It doesn't matter, whatever. Bottom line is that's not reason enough to commit suicide. It's not reason enough to flagellate yourself. All problems can be dealt with. There are no problems that are so severe or so overpowering that they justify an action so drastic as the taking of one's own life. And I think the idea of delivering a rebuke to someone 
who just needs a little bit of a smack in the face, a little bit of a smack upside the head. And, you know, this is really something that, that our society really doesn't allow people to do anymore. In the old days, you could do that. You know, a teacher or a, uh, or a, someone in a position of authority could kind of just, you know, kind of kind of kick people in the ass and kind of just get them back on the right track. But now you can't even say anything to anybody now, hardly, without some whiner complaining about it. So now what we so what we do now is everybody lies to everybody now. We live in a culture now where everybody's nobody really wants to say what they really think. Everybody's afraid of speaking the truth. Everybody's hiding behind platitudes and other blandishments for fear of looking harsh or insensitive or cruel. And look, I'm not saying that gratuitous cruelty or or harshness or being a dick is the way to go. That's not what I'm saying at all. In fact, just the opposite. Being an asshole to people, being a dick to people is something very, very different from knowing how to deliver a targeted rebuke. Very different. Okay, but sometimes I think in our society we err a little too much on the side of kid gloves. I think we we are afraid, we've become afraid to, we've become so sanitized that we are afraid of correcting problems. So what happens is the problems get worse and worse and worse. And then what ends up happening is we collectively punish everybody or the problems never get solved. And uh, this is this is really the challenge. This really is the challenge. So that's what I wanted to say about delivering a rebuke. That's what I wanted to say about delivering a rebuke. And now we now we can talk about having fun. And what I mean by having fun is here I'm going to do what a lot of readers have asked me to do, which is read some of the G Manifesto's latest tweets for humorous effect here, because I know people people seem to like them. I enjoy reading them. I enjoy imitating them. As you know, I enjoy writing. For me, it's kind of a challenge to try to imitate his tweets, to try to uh, see if I can reproduce the flavor and the spirit of the tweets. And I'm getting pretty good at it, if I do say so myself. I'm not, I don't, I have a different style. I don't talk about the same things that he does, as you know, you know, in every situation. We We have different areas of focus, different styles, but it's nice to be able to um, express yourself in this irreverent, surreal way. And I've told him this, and he likes it. He finds it very amusing. So let's look here. Let's see if we can read some tweets here and have some fun. All right, let me... I've just found his Twitter timeline here. Let me go go and see if I can read uh, some tweets here. I'll start from the top and go down... I'll start with the most recent, then go back down uh, to the ones further back in time. Some of these are retweets, so some of them are old ones. And it says, the biggest problem with these millennials is you give them actionable advice, like learning wrestling. And then these millennial guys turn around and try to swoop a Chinese guy named West T. Ling and eat a soy brunch with him. Now, this is not... A good way to go <laughs> through life. Uh, see what I like about these. What I just, you know, I find I was t- I told him the other day. I said, you know, this tweet style is just so addictive. I just can't stop doing it. 
You know, there's just so many great things about it. You've got the random capitalization. And my guess, I don't think he came up with this random capital, capitalization idea deliberately. I think he was probably typing these tweets on his on his uh, cell phone. And you know how sometimes the autocorrect, it just capitalizes words. But it just really fits into the whole strangeness and just the irreverence, the whole effect of the tweet. These Again, these like sort of surreal haikus that are just thrown out where certain themes are repeated over and over and over again. And it is a cult. I mean, if it's, I think it's, this is a, someone well said that, that this is like a, like a cult account. And there's only certain guys that get it. I don't know. I don't understand why I find it so, well, I do know why I like it so much. It's uh, for all the reasons I've already given, but uh, some people just don't get it. I, they either don't get it or they don't want to get it or they find it tedious or boring but i i don't i i find it very very funny actually uh and enjoyable you know kind of makes my day in a lot of ways um <laughs> here we go two, this is from two hours ago the biggest problem with these millennial guys <laughs> we, and the guys is always in quotes that's another boilerplated expression that we use the biggest problem with these millennial guys is when they say I want to get yoked in the gym. But all they are really doing is swooping <laughs> swooping guys named Joaquim and in a guy named Jim and eating a soy brunch, starting to think there is no hope for these <laughs> soy lennials. <laughs> uh, all right, three hours ago. What the fuck ever happened to respect for the ocean? He's got a shark swimming with other other fish around it. All right, here's one of the best ones. Best ones uh, that I've seen in a long time. 13 hours ago. At least 90% of the beautiful model girls I have swooped in the, pa- in the last five years. I have to ask if this is the first time they have ever swooped. I will definitely go down as the greatest educator of beautiful girls in history the original feminist, no one even, real oils. Now this, you know, this, these Latin, the last two lines of this little haiku here are what elevate this tweet to real artistry because it, it's just a very fragmented sort of a cubist type of, um, I don't know, way to close things out here this sort of random real oils that's a reference to the natural oils so you have to kind of know the mythology here before you can really appreciate these tweets someone randomly looking at this is going to be like what the hell what the hell does this mean this makes no sense well it makes sense to us to, to those to those who know sort of all the in jokes a very very nice tweet most <laughs> <laughs> Most guys do not even have the real punching power. And there's, there's, there's two gorillas hitting each other with their fangs bared. Very nice. Very nice. All right, here we go. If a, if a man says the words, Friendsgiving... You have to realize that you are not talking to a man anymore. <laughs> you are talking to soy. Uh, oh, God. All right. Here's a few more here. Most guys 
drink soy from plastic cups and swoop dudes. I drink real oils and booze from game meat skulls and swoop beautiful girls. Huge, di- huge difference. There is a huge difference. There is. A- <laughs> All right, few more here. Most guys constantly bitch when traveling when they can't find a gym. Easy. Grab a boulder, lift it, push it, walk with it, swing it around, bust out deadlifts and squats with it, swim in the ocean with <laughs> swim in the ocean with it. The original strength building workout. Most guys will never do something like this. And there's a painting of Sisyphus here moving a boulder up a incline up a mountain and um, (laughs) all right one more one more from November 17th yesterday no one out there is delivering the real actionable advice and there's a polar bear swimming towards the camera just swimming towards you ready to chomp and it's a nice way to get the point across anyway Nice fun here. Good stuff here. Here we go. One more. One more. From July 25th. These are bighorn sheep. Most people do not know <laughs> shit about these. They are extremely rugged and resilient. So am I. The similarities basically end there. But we also, but we both also like fresh mountain air. The original new tropic. I am cool with these guys when I am in the mountains. Well said, well said, uh, G, and I'm cool with them too. Let's all be cool with the bighorn sheep. And on that note, I will leave you to ponder the difference between delivering a rebuke and mollycoddling people and humoring their complaints and weaknesses. Sometimes you have to do that, but other times you have to kind of give them the metaphorical smack upside the head just to get them back on the right track. And who can ask for anything more than that? All right, that'll wrap things up here. I'm Quintus Curtius. Good night.